So you go plie, demi-plie, through straight legs, releve. Now here's the key moment where you make it or break it. It's coming down from a jump, from a turn, it doesn't matter, on point, on flat. When you come from your straight legs in the air or on point down to the plie, that's that's where the quality comes from. That's so when if you see Barishnikov jump or turn, it's because he was trained with this plie, releve, plie. That's the coordination. And you need so the, the famous or infamous Russian back, that's what that's for. So when you do releve, it's it's not so much of a pushing, it's a pulling. You're pulling yourself off the floor with your core and your back and your butt. And it's so that's the coordination of all coordinations, and and then you can build a technique from there. So that's what I did with Misty Copeland. Plie, relevant plie was mainly the thing that we had to get squared away because uh, her body was just a mess when, when we got started. Hello, and welcome to the podcast for ballerinas, adult ballerinas, parents of ballerinas, and everyone in between. I'm your host, Georgia Canning, also known as the Balanced Ballerina, and it's my mission to break down the elitist barriers often associated with ballet. Through my own studios and ballet-related businesses, I'm all about providing space and content for people from all walks of life to experience and enjoy the many benefits of ballet. Each month, I'll bring you industry leaders and thought-provoking guests who will hopefully inspire you to lead a more balanced life full of grace with a little grit. Hello everyone, how's your week been? I hope you enjoyed last week's episode. If you ever feel like sharing thoughts, feelings and or a funny ballet meme, there's plenty out there, did you know you can do so in the Secret Balance Ballerinas Facebook group? It's basically secret because, well, only those that listen to the podcast know about it. Simply search Balanced Ballerinas secret Facebook group and click join to connect with fellow Balanced Ballerinas and myself. Now, if you're new to the podcast, there's quite a few new listeners, which is awesome. Welcome. My name is Georgia and I'm your host. Now, are you unsure if you're a Balanced Ballerina? Well, let me give you a rundown. A balanced ballerina is someone who loves and respects the discipline and grace that studying ballet will bring to their day-to-day life. It's someone who doesn't necessarily want to be a professional ballerina, but can use the tools that ballet gifts us to lead a beautifully balanced, wholesome life that you're really passionate about. Now, a balanced ballerina is also someone who may be a professional ballerina, past or present, who takes steps to ensure that their well-being comes first. And if you're a parent or teacher of a or many little balanced ballerinas, then you're welcome too. So guess what? That means that pretty much everyone is a balanced ballerina. And because at the end of the day, look, all we want is self-improvement and to be better humans. And I know that through these conversations, I feel like I'm becoming a better person. And by sharing the conversations, I hope you feel the same way too. Speaking of, Let's talk about today's guest. Described by some as an American choreographer with a Russian soul, Eric Conrad is most famous for his work with arguably the world's most famous ballerina, Misty Copeland. 
Now, there are hours, I'm talking hours of videos on YouTube for free with Eric Coaching Misty, and they're an absolute goldmine of technical teachings. I've spent hours myself watching Eric break down the placement of a chasse pas de bourre or a simple tondu to a la seconde with Misty. And as a ballet nerd, it's fascinating. Watching his videos, he often says to those he's coaching, do you feel that? Do you feel the difference? Now, please don't just agree with me. Tell me if you don't and I'll explain another way. These kinds of comments sprinkled throughout his videos, in my opinion, are what make a phenomenal teacher and basically why I wanted to interview Eric on the podcast. At any given time, I have many things on my mind, if I'm honest. Um, It's kind of exhausting. Thoughts about our industry, our training methods, our practices, competitions, social media, flexibility, and basically how snobby and dusty the ballet world can be at times, especially when dealing with adult learners of ballet, just to name a few of the topics that swirl around in my head at night while I'm trying to go to sleep. (laughs) Now, however... I'm a bit different to Eric in that I tend to workshop my thoughts and I write and I stew over notions before deciding on an argument. I kind of let it simmer before releasing into the wild via this podcast, a blog post or social media. Oftentimes I'll even write an Instagram caption about something I'm passionate about and not post for months to check in with myself at a later date and still see if I feel the same way and still feel the need to post it. I feel like Eric is maybe the opposite of me in that he seems to just say what's on his mind, sometimes to his detriment, but nonetheless brave. Like Eric, I'm very sure of myself, but unlike him, I tend to tiptoe around certain issues for fear of hurting someone's feelings. On the other hand, though, Eric sees everything very black and white and that calling people out on their nonsense, he sees this as a service for the better good. So if I'm honest... I kind of admire this about him. As Eric says himself, he's not in the business of being a sweetheart. He's in the business of speaking the truth. And whether you agree with his truth or not is another story. But I have respect for the man because he isn't afraid to speak what's on his mind. In this conversation, you'll also hear from Svetlana, Eric's wife, who started ballet only a few years ago. Ballet has saved her from crippling migraines and all sorts of pain. She credits ballet for her newfound quality of life. And as someone who deals with this on a daily basis with my own clients, I could completely relate to her and Eric's passion for the importance placed on the work that we do. Over the next few weeks, I'm going to share on the Balanced Ballerinas podcast Instagram at Balanced Ballerinas, some of Eric's quotes, which you'll hear scattered throughout this podcast. He has a talent for summing up a profound thought into one sentence. So make sure you're following if you don't already do so. Now, before I get into this chat with Eric, I just wanted to remind everybody that he was sitting in California whilst I was sitting in Australia. And um, sometimes the quality isn't as good as when I do these things in person. So trust me, this is, if you're a ballet nerd like me, a conversation you're going to love, but just bear with me on just a few slight little technical issues. Now, let's get into my chat with Eric Conrad, master ballet coach and lover of turnout. 
So you say that ballet is about movement and you don't just walk on stage and strike a pose and then leave the stage. It's about how you move from one position to another. And when I watch your videos and I hear you talk, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I get a sense that you're all about moving functionally from one position to the next in the most effective and efficient way possible. But the reason that I really love your work is because it just requires a lot of patience and persistence. And I find your teachings really reasonable and I find them really balanced. Um, I, I get a sense that you're all about health and well-being and safety. And so being the Balanced Ballerinas podcast, that's why I really wanted to get onto you and have you on the podcast because I simply wanted to have a chat because I'm constantly myself trying to be a better teacher. And I have so many beautiful listeners who are also constantly seeking personal development to become better practitioners. So I'm constantly eager to learn and it's clearly a passion of yours. Um, otherwise, you wouldn't be sharing all the videos that you do on YouTube. So, but before we delve into all that, um, I actually just wanted to ask what, you know, your story is, your ballet background. How'd you get into this, Eric? <laughs> mm, um, okay, I'll do the long story short, If I probably. Yeah. I, I got into it in uh, college, just... Um, I don't really like sports other than MMA, which I love Australian fighters, by the way. <laughs> There's a bunch of them. So the UFC fighters. So anyway, but other than that, I I, um, I don't really like sports. So I got to college and the martial arts thing kind of wore off. So I just tried dance. And the first classes I took, well, they, it was modern dance, by the way, not ballet, just modern dance. So I, the first person I learned about was Twyla Tharp, that whole thing. And then, I, so the first class I took was a choreography class and then just a basic, you know, movement modern dance class so it's just you know down up down one two three just w walking in a, in a to music and drumming basically yeah. <clears throat> and that's in, that's in santa cruz california so it's like a college beach town not a ballet town and and then it, it just so i did the, the choreography class is what changed everything because they hired a professional from san francisco to come in and just create something on the students and then he just decided to have everyone create something like a, a just a, a phrase, one phrase of dance, and so I had you know exactly one hour of, of dance training at that point, and I just made something up. And it, long story short, it turned out to be like become the motif of the piece. This is like a twenty minute long piece, and so he just said you should think about choreography. So okay, and then and then the second advice was to um, take some ballet classes. So then I just started that, and then that leads you down that. Because I like challenges, you see, and get bored very easy. And so ballet keeps you, for obvious reasons, it's it's a, an enormous challenge, right? So it's just a never-ending oh education until, until you're done. So it kind of hooked me. Apologies, everyone. This is one of those moments where technology failed me and our internet dropped out. But we will jump straight back into the conversation with Eric now. So you met Svetlana. You guys married in Russia. It's Russia just not accessible. Russian ballet is a closed world in a lot of ways, and whatever is open and available isn't really the the core of what all of of their let's say the Soviet era method, you know. So, as it turns out, even though Solana doesn't come from ballet, you know, she's obviously just brilliant and knows Russia, <laughs> you know. And so once we got married. We got going. Things just ha opened up because I had an advocate who's Russian, so and knows the systems. Because ballet, uh, obviously, the ballet in Russia is a government thing. You see, so the bureaucracy is is uh, you know, it's an interesting place to work. 
Yeah, it's um, ballet in Russia sounds like a just a completely different world. <laughs> yeah, yes and no. I mean, it, it, it yes and no. It, I mean, it has its its positives more so than America for sure. But there's also it's just the uh, momentum of history there is much greater than here. Mm. In terms of how people view it, like for example, parents are way more informed as to what's going on there than here, just because it's like. I guess rugby for you, yeah, would be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just part of your culture, right? So it's, it's even if you're not into it, you kind of know something about it, just like baseball or whatever it is here, you know. Yeah, I know. I know very little, but I, I pretend. I'm a good pretender. Right. Yes, <laughs> me too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. So yeah. What? So well, after we were married and everything, I got started getting an education officially, and then worked at the Bullshit Academy. And then just did a bunch of freelance. I can't even remember all of it, frankly, but just a bunch of different, like worked with singers, like pop singers and, and then ballet yeah. stuff and, and, you know, work setting the classics and, and whatnot. And so uh, a couple of the guys, Artyom Chirenko, he's pretty much the number one guy at Bullshit Theater right now. He's what, he was one of my students in the, when he was a, a kid. He was 16 when I was working with him. And Igor Tsvirko, he's also a leading soloist there. So I know all these guys from way back. And so I think we're going to be working with them again, in fact, this summer, possibly. You're a very self-described pragmatic person, um, and you seem to cultivate, though, a very unique learning experience, and it focuses solely, from what I can see, on the art of placement. I'd love to know, how much is art and how much is science and anatomy, or do you see it like all is one? Well, the art emerges from the science. That's how I see it. So... So, for example, um, I don't know if you want to talk about Misty or not. That that's sort of the latest thing, but you know that that's the example. And we have some new stuff that we're about to put on the institute. I wish you would you would have been able to watch it before we spoke, but maybe we'll speak again. But it's I, I her whole. We could, huh? <laughs> we could definitely do rent too. Yeah, because we're just about to put um, five full classes out. So what it was is I would give her a bar facing the bar, just facing the bar. And then we would go right into uh, Swan Lake is what we were mainly working on. So I would take what we did at the bar and transfer it directly to the choreography. That's what we did the whole time. So I didn't have, she never had a ballet class with me like what we would think of as a ballet class. So the science part of it, though, is I'll tell you what ballet really is or movement, but let's stick with ballet for a minute. It's really plie, releve, plie. That's, that's it. That's where that so because it's an incredibly difficult coordination to get because you, you must have turn out your rear your rear has to be very strong your core has to be very strong your back has to be very coordinated your legs have to straighten in ways that they're not designed to and so demi plie is a much more <laughs> um, challenging physically challenging exercise than it would seem in other words it's not a rest at all it's the opposite of resting it's it's the one of the toughest moves because releve is born from that so you go plie demi plie through straight legs releve now here's the key moment where you make it or break it it's coming down from a jump from a turn it doesn't matter on point on flat when you come from your straight legs in the air or on point down to the plie that's that's where the quality comes from that so when if you see barishnikov jump or turn it's because he was trained with this plie, releve, plie. That's the coordination. 
and you need so the the famous or infamous Russian back. That's what that's for. So when you do a releve, it's it's not so much of a pushing; it's a pulling. You're pulling yourself off the floor with your core and your back and your butt. And it's so that's the coordination of all coordinations, and and then you can build a technique from there. So that's what I did with Misty Copeland. Plie, relevant plie, it was mainly the thing that we had to get squared away because uh, her body was just a mess when when we got started. And so the so there's about there's five basic exercises that you use that to build your body up to be able to do even just releve, you know, from a plie or sur lace. And so it's just plie, tendu, tendlie, the way I teach it, and passe parterre is an incredibly important coordination so front to back right through arabesque so with straight legs standing there in first position so let's say you tendu to the front and then passe parterre to arabesque and then coming back from arabesque is the key moment so the, these coordinations are so much more than we were all taught because I, I trained just the normal american way for seven years before i went to russia you see yeah and um, but they're simple. You see, this is the the good news is that it, once you understand how to teach it, it, it gets really quite straightforward. That's what I mean by pragmatic. It's not difficult to learn. You just have to let your body. You have to be patient and let your body acclimate to it instead of the idea that you're just going to hit it hard and do two or three ballet classes. You're just breaking your body at that point. What we what, what I'm talking about is you want to do about seventy percent of what you're capable of every day. Not more than that, because if you do more, then you need recovery, more recovery. So if you want to be consistent and study, let's say, five, six days a week, that's fine if you push your body to about 70% of what you can do before you collapse. So you never want to get super sore. and That's the wrong way to do it. It's counterproductive. It slows everything down. But the way we're all, we were all taught, it contradicts the truth, and this is what makes it difficult you know to pass yeah. on this information and get it in into circulation yeah we were all taught to unless you're sore unless you're basically dying by the end of class you didn't work hard enough and I guess that's such a, a difficult thing to unravel and reteach um, it, it's funny you you've touched on so many things that I say to my adult students in regards to you know the simple exercises are the most important ones. Um, I think with adults especially, that patience and slowing down, I think sometimes they feel like they've, especially if they've never done ballet before and they feel like because it's a childlike thing to do, they're like, I've got so much catching up to do. And sometimes I find it really hard to, because they, you know, will search Instagram or YouTube and be like, oh, why aren't we doing fuetes? And I'm like, you've done two ballet classes in your life. We're not doing fuetes. Like, <laughs> and right. they need patience to be able to do slow down and do a plie. Um, what would be your advice to practitioners of ballet? Basically, you know, in the general ballet community, whether that's adult ballet or children, in regards to helping people understand if they're starting their ballet journey, that it's a really slow and it's a very gradual process. Yes. Okay. Here's the thing. There's, there, I have nothing but good news, honestly, for adults because, um, because I, I began as an adult, I mean, young, but 17, 18 is an adult body. So I know what it's like. And then Solana began with a bunch of, she, I, she can tell you about it. Actually, she would be good to answer this, to put some input here about what it feels yeah. like. Cause she gets impatient too, you see. Yeah. Oh, she gets impatient too. And, and, and what, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll hand it over in a sec, but let me just say this, that, um, 
the way it works is it it begins slowly, but that period of slow doesn't last that long if you commit to it. So mm. in other words, it, it's just like a lot of so once you 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 have to build up just enough strength to execute the exercises, you know, quicker, let's say, right? The speed is always the problem. You know, you start speed something up. And so it, it, it's just getting that minimum level of strength that you can maintain your placement. This is, this is what we're talking about, right? So let's say when you do a tendu that your, your core doesn't release, your rear doesn't release, your back doesn't release. So once you can just barely hold it together, then you start doing more stuff. And then it, it, it builds, it's kind of like interest, you know, in, in a pot or let's say you're saving money and, you, and you're adding, it, it, it gets exponential at a certain point to where it's, you just take off, you know. So if you can hang in there and just, you know, again, you have to have a teacher that has credibility that you can trust that, okay, we're going to get there. Um, it will happen. So, I mean, when I, so for example, when I started with Misty, I promised her and her husband, I said, look, you know, eight months from now, this is what's going to happen. And it happened. And it was, you know, not a linear situation. It was, you know, challenging, but so placement is a way of keeping things on track. It's, that's how you'll always know where you're at because of the quality in which you can execute basically demi plie, tendu, these, 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 see, these exercises are called basic or, or beginning, but that's not what it is at all. That is advanced ballet. Establishing turnout and placement is advanced. That's where your brain has to work. And to answer your question a little more directly, advice is this, that I found at least when you explain things to people, you just say, here, this is what ballet is. And this is why we're doing this. People, kids even just go along with it because they have a lot of thinking to do. They're not standing there bored doing slow exercise. They have a ton of stuff to think about. It's, it's, it's just solving the puzzle of their own body. So it's self-discovery and it, it's a whole lot of things going on if you're really doing what I would consider like placement method. Yeah. So they're not bored is what I'm saying. Boredom, yeah, I understand it, it, it happened, but I've never had anyone complain. Oh, I'm bored, no, because there's no way. You're thinking about so many things, you know, and there's so much input. When I Let's say if I'm working individually, you know, I'm, you're feeling it as well. I'm explaining it. It's just, it's a whole, it's a happening, you know. Yeah. I think the biggest, um, the biggest thing is I don't have people saying that they're bored. Sometimes I'll have adults that are more just in a rush. They, they feel like doing, executing a beautiful plie or executing a beautiful tondu isn't necessarily dancing. And so what I do try and explain is that we have to get these movements correct. And exactly as you said, which is why I just love watching your videos is because a plie and a tondu is really advanced if you're doing it correctly. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, well, let me ask you this though, because I, I don't, I, I'm not doing a lot of teaching actually classes. and stuff. It's been a while, but yeah. um, let's see what, um, do you find that um, let's stick with adults for a minute that, they have some goal in mind or some objective that they're trying to get to, or what is their objective, generally speaking? Um, I think there's a small percentage of, say I have 20 people in an adult ballet class, which is on a regular. I take about uh, five, adult, five to six adult ballet classes a week, and they've got about 20 people in them. And I will find a small percentage of that are there because they've seen a YouTube video or an Instagram video or something of like a top 10 dance moves or a very complicated combination and they don't understand that you that ballet is not about combinations it's about 
the fundamentals and the placement and the poise and the posture and we have to start off you know doing a correct plie and performing a correct tondu and so what I sometimes come up against is when do we get to the big stuff and I'm like maybe never like <laughs> I don't know I don't I don't plan on teaching fuerte turns in a in an adult ballet class so sometimes um that's the wall I come up against does that make sense? Yeah. yes fuertes are a goofy movement anyway in my opinion oh, yeah. okay. the, the amount the amount of energy required to do them to me doesn't equal the value I don't think the audience cares that much anymore you know but oh, that, so that's, <laughs> yeah so that's that but uh, well, so we have to define what ballet is then, right? Yeah. So, you know, uh, you know, everyone's done some dancing, ballroom, whatever. And so ballroom dancing is dancing. You, you learn the steps and you start going. The, the, the issue with ballet is obviously turnout. And that's not a bad thing, although it's, you know, it's been really misunderstood. It's just it that is ballet. So if, if we're not working on those fundamentals and, and placement, as I think are just a good word to sum up the whole thing, then you're just not doing ballet. So it's a question of wanting to, you know, it, it's, you know, I was, let me say this. If let's say you, so you have your classes of 20 and, and over those days, there's probably a couple of people that would be willing to experiment with you and just do placement mm. for, let's say three months or something, I don't know, or whatever. And then and put them back into the, the group class and watch what happens. You see what I mean? So it's difficult to explain, but when people see, so ballet is a quality of movement. That's what you're trying to get from them and, and they for themselves. Is a, it's a quality of movement. So let's say someone films them do a little combination with the phone and they look at it and kind of like pleased at what they see, that there's a quality there. And it's a difficult quality to explain. It's just the feeling that you get, like when you watch any of the greats, I don't know, Nurea, whatever, yeah. aside from the personalities, but I mean just the way they move or Vasiliev or any of these you know, ballerinas and ballet dancers, there's a quality there. And it's it's it looks otherworldly, but really it's it's plie relevé plie. That's really the, at the core of it all. So, and it's also not getting injured. I mean, that's just a very practical thing. So that that's the reason. I, but I understand you're, you're running. It's like I said. There's this momentum of history where everybody thinks that, well, this is what ballet is, but it it really isn't that. And and the other thing is this idea of recreational versus professional. And I. I don't know if you know this about me, but I don't distinguish between the two at all. Ballet is ballet. Either you're learning ballet or you're not learning ballet. It doesn't matter what reason. I don't even think a reason is necessary. I think you just do it and see what happens, you know? Yeah, I, I um, did know that about you, and that's one of the reasons why I really wanted to connect too because I, I love that you don't make a distinction between the two. It's just all one and the same, which I do. I mean, you agree, right? It's just it, it is oh, what it okay. is. Yeah, I do. I do. It's like sometimes how when I take a ballet class and and going back to adults, sometimes they will come out and they'll go, oh, so if you're in a company class and you're in a professional company, you know, is that what you would do? And I went, well, yeah, we start at bar, we move into the centre, you know, we finish with some form of Grand Allegro or Reverence and that, that's, that's what you would be doing. I treat you exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, to me, I, I just break it down. It's it's correct or it isn't correct, and I, I so because this is the other thing you get right. I in New York, it's a ballet subjective, N not really ballet is sub if ballet is done. I'm talking about what's on stage now. If if what is done is professional, squared away, then it's subjective. That maybe you don't like the music, maybe you do. Maybe you don't like the style, maybe you do choreography. But if it's not, 
even correct technically, you know, just basic fundamentals, then to me it's not subjective. It's just not ballet. And so obviously I, I run into resistance sometimes with that. But I think a lot of art is not subjective. It's subjective if it's professionally done. You know, and you can agree, like, it's professional, but I just don't like some aspect of it or it's not my thing. But you can still agree that something's professional or not, I think. Definitely. I tend to um, I tend to agree. Um, now, there was a, something I wanted to talk to you about. Now, I know that you find that this topic a little bit boring, <laughs> but I don't find your answer boring, and I don't think um, the listeners will either. Can we just quickly talk about your opinion of cross-training? <laughs> oh, no, no, it's, it's not boring. It's just... Um... Yeah, no, I mean, look, I know I've been a little bit hard on people sometimes, but I'm just trying to, if I, was just, if I was that, but if I was just a sweetheart the whole time, I'm not sure people would notice. Not very true. I don't know. So I just, but it's just, I'm just, it's kind of factual. It's just that, um, look, the, the, for that we've all inherited all the knowledge we have, right? No, none of us made this up. So the good ideas the bad ideas, it's all there. So it's for us, though, to think our way out of the bad ideas and, and you know, develop the good ones. So with that is, let's, let's start there. Um, I lost my train of thought. What's the question again? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, cross-training, cross-training, cross-training. Got it, cross-training. So, yeah, cross-training. So um, the facts are this. If you look at the historical... Okay, Barishnikov, he, he didn't cross-train other than a little bit of weight training for his upper body, which which the boys tend to do, you know, or push-ups, that kind of thing. But there wasn't any bands or any tools or anything. They just, ballet exercises are what you need for ballet. It's it's like anything else. I don't know. I, I know athletics, it's a little bit different because they, they, they openly are not achieving symmetry with their body, right? Because... You know, somebody throws a ball with their only their right arm. So the left side is diminished and they have to cross train in order to try to keep their body healthy. Ballet, the whole point fundamentally is to develop symmetry. So we use our right leg. We use our left leg. We use everything as equally as possible. I mean, that's built into placement. So that because our bodies are wildly, um, they're not symmetrical, right? We all have a, well, most people have a whatever leg you would kick a ball with, whatever arm you write with, right? And so over time, they build up in different ways and they take different shapes, especially for adults now. For time about adults, we, you know, you have an adult body, you've walked stairs forever, played sports, whatever. And so what happens with placement is it makes sure that the right leg is using as much as the left leg. But because, let's say, the right leg's stronger, the left leg will do more work just because you're, you're, you're trying to maintain your placement. So in other words, you, you, like sports science couldn't tell us how many more tondus do you need to do with the left leg than the right leg. Let's say your left leg's weak. They could not tell you that. You could stand on a pressure plate, and do, but they couldn't tell you how much more to engage one leg than the other leg. So the only way you can get that exact in a science sense is, is with placement. Is that, am I going too much yeah. into the weeds? No, no, no. It's, it's great. i no, I love your explanation of, of why. And, and it's um, interesting. I saw lots of um, before and after photos of Svetlana when she started her uh, training. And Svetlana, your body is so symmetrical, if you can still hear she, me. She can't hear you at all. How about we, like, I'll talk a bit and then I'll just hand her off and you can go with yeah, her. Yeah, I'd love to ask be, her a couple of questions. And yeah. then 
Wait, do you want me to hand off to her now? Or do you no, want, that's do you want to... Yeah. Yeah, okay, um, okay. Hi, Svetlana. I, I was just talking to Eric about um, cross-training and I was talking about your before and after photos from when you've started, since you've started mm -hmm. training. And I was just saying that you have the most incredibly symmetrical body. <laughs> Well, actually, just because I'm very good at this to hide, that's why I didn't notice it. It's actually not really, well, yeah, on the after picture, yes, it looks more symmetrical, but on the before is not really good. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not symmetrical at all. You know, I have the right side, it's a little bit bigger than the left one, but it's getting less now, for sure. I think you're doing amazing. As, um, as an adult, ballerina like and studying ballet in your ballet journey what have you found the most challenging the most challenging actually it's uh, well to be perfectly honest is just um well relax and try to listen um mm -hmm. eric what he's telling me to do that's the problem. Like, I actually trying to solve, as he's explained before, like, uh, I'm trying to solve the puzzle for sure. It's actually not a, like, a physical challenge or anything. It's just my own head is in the way, <laughs> my own thoughts. You know? So I'm starting to think about, because, again, I already know a few things ahead, and that probably interferes with the training. So I'm trying to achieve what he wants instead of, just let it happen and listen to him. And the, that's that's the challenging part, to pretty much accept that you have to listen to him as an adult. Because uh, normally I would you would assume, like, well, you explain to me once, you don't have to repeat the same thing. If, it, if we're talking about, let's just say, let's just say I would study um, math, right? You would explain to me once, like formula and I would repeat right it's, just, it's very easy but this but here I just I don't know it's it's very hard because I understand the formula but I can't always repeat it without inter interfering because I'm trying to in my mind I'm thinking oh I'm doing good so I need to do more or more faster and it's that's the challenging part that's where I'm kind of in most adult ballerinas, their frustrations lie in the fact that exactly what you're saying, you've tapped into it. It's, it's I hear what you're saying, but my body isn't quite doing it. <laughs> yes. But then in actually I found one, uh, if, if I completely, uh, let's just say, relax and just say, um, well, completely will be open and like, okay, I'm not going to think for, for myself in this case. And, and I'll just, okay, let's, let's just try your way. Okay, take mm -hmm. me slowly again through the steps. And when he does it, the body works. And this is what still surprises me that why is it like that? And this is the hardest part uh, for adult to understand because you feel like you're not progressing or you feel maybe you're not doing something right. Maybe you're like, not, and I don't know. Then you start to blame yourself. Like, well, it's my body not working. It's actually not the body. It's the mind. And yeah. especially, yeah. The kids, they're easy. I noticed that. <laughs> uh, adults, no. We, you know, too much thoughts in the head. So, 
so many listeners will be nodding their heads in agreement right now. I, I also wanted to ask you about how, how are you? So you started ballet because you suffered um, migraines, am I correct? Yes. Yep. So what improvements have you found since starting ballet training? Well, actually, <clears throat> I don't have any more migraines. Sometimes I have uh, headaches, just, just tension headaches, but it's not often anymore. Um the other things would improve. Uh, my back is stronger, so I don't have so much lardos and kifos and not as, I don't have like, uh, I still a little bit um, can, when I, uh, like I have problem on scoliosis, but it's not, it's going away. I'm actually sleeping better for sure, because before I, uh, I couldn't really sleep. Because the back always hurt, especially, you know, if you try to find any kind of a position to relax, no. So yes, the back, the migraines, that's, that's the thing that improved. And, and overall, actually, I've noticed that um, I have more stamina, yeah. just in general. Yeah. So, so, it, so if I'll just summarize it, it just improved, I'll say in general, it, it, it improved quality of life, of my life, you know. So I'm, I'm really, from that point, I'm actually very grateful that we've already achieved. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I mean, it's why I'm such a huge fan of ballet, and and I, I, it makes me so happy whenever I have a client that says you've, you know, improved my quality of life. I mean, it's just huge, isn't it? Yes. What's it? What's it like? Uh, being taught by your husband? You must be a good listener and very patient with him. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's put it this way. Um, if I will be honest with you, at the beginning, probably, uh, it's not even at the beginning. It's just, yes, it's very hard to be trained by your own uh, husband, for sure, because it's you have to separate when he's a teacher and when he's a husband, really. And that's what I found sometimes challenging to really uh, separate. Sometimes I... I guess it depends, you know, if you go to a dance studio, right? So if you go take a class, you kind of walk into the class and you already know. So you, you, you take everything that, let's just say you're like, okay, so this is, he's a teacher or she's a teacher and I'm a student. That's it. The problem is when you, uh, husband and wife, you kind of, you can't really that easily separate. So you can define that really easy. And for example, I will pick it up his mood, he'll pick up my mood, and it's just, if it would not lined up, so it's actually will interfere maybe in the training in a way that I might not listen, not purposely, but just, you know, just a little bit maybe frustrated and I don't want to listen. And But you know, I noticed that, that actually over the time, I pretty much decided, okay, so he's a teacher, and when he explains certain things to me, it's he doesn't mean that he doesn't like me anymore or he's trying to be mean to me. I just, you know, need to accept that he's a teacher, so he's trying to teach me. And I'm a student, so I'm actually receiving the information. And I guess I'm always repeating that to myself. Okay, I need to stop that, stop being stop being a wife. No, 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 we're equal here. You can't just tell me what to do. That's yeah, yeah. What, but but we don't but if you're talking about other than just uh, like there is no um 
like fights. We don't have a fight, so we don't fight about that. It's just, it, it just became like, okay, he knows what he's doing and I just pretty much need to accept that. And that's what I'm doing. Uh, you're an amazing woman. <laughs> I think if uh, I think if my boyfriend was telling me what to do, even if it was his his domain, I'd I'd be like, "What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't need right. this." <laughs> no, the the thing is, you know, we actually, if I don't understand really why, um, and he sees that I'm frust- I'm struggling with that, or I'm a little bit frustrated, he actually trying to explain to me philosophically why we're doing this, and it's like, okay, so right, so you're not trying, we we're doing it for the good. Yeah. So it's not directed directed at me. Yes, that's that's hard. But but in life in general, well, we're kind of equal partners, so then it's then it's easier. So if we're not ta- taking the training in the in the equation, so yes, in in life we're equal partners for sure. So Amazing. he 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 listens back. <laughs> Let's put it this way. Ah, uh, good, good, good. You've got a good woman there, Eric. <laughs> yes. Yes, we I, yeah we knew each other only three months when we got married. So, oh really? Wow. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and you know yeah, because I was thirty. Yeah, while well, I was thirty, I already had you know. So. Yeah. Never intended to marry, actually, but you know that's how it happens, I guess. But when you know, you know. She was the one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I um we you know what we should get out of the way because I'm sure that there's a couple of people that might be listening going. His voice sounds familiar or how did Georgia come across, you know, his work? And I should probably let the listeners know and no surprises to you. I did come across your work from looking at your YouTube videos, many, which are readily accessible um, for the general public, which is amazing, um, of your work with Misty Copeland. And, um, and I know that you have a very respectful relationship with her um, and, and you respect uh, the um, process of working in such close proximity and you don't share everything but you generously share quite a lot. I'd love to know what, what's it like working with her? <laughs> um, in what sense do you want to? I don't know. She seems incredibly open and just really unusual for someone, you know, she, I mean, she's arguably the most famous ballerina in the world. Um, and for sure. She just seems really humble and really open to to ideas and and to um, feedback and criticism, which is amazing. Yeah, see, this we're about to put out the. See, we haven't put out a complete class yet, right? So that you could, in order, and that's what we're about to do. You see, so it'd be interesting to maybe get into this more if there's another time. But um, I don't actually love the the concept of humble. And I, I talked to her about this once because, I mean, in your life, yes, but in achievement, it's better to overestimate your ability and aim higher than to, this is my opinion, than to think that you can't, because dancers already think they can't do anything. You know, there's already um, a cloud over the whole thing. So I approach it like, let's find out what you can do. But th- th- here's the thing. if So I'll get to your question in a, in a second. But yeah. when you go into a studio with me and we do our thing, one thing is, absolutely guaranteed is that you're going to walk out understanding that you have more potential than you thought, not less. No matter who you are, no matter what, no matter age, it doesn't make any, nothing matters. When you get into the studio and I take you through things, you're going to understand because everybody in dance and maybe just in life underestimates themselves. I mean, we all kind of 
I think, do it, right? There's a pessimism a little bit with ourselves, but I think it's, you know, it's important to... So with her, that's what that was, is she just didn't have any idea what she's capable of, I think. I mean, so in other words, I remember her husband asked me, you know, our initial meeting, like, so what do you think? And I said, well, she's dancing at about 20% her capability. With my, This is a year ago. And that's, and so, you know, there's a lot more there to be discovered. And yeah, she's completely wide open to everything. And that's what you'll see when you, I'm sure we'll send you the links to the videos and you'll, you'll see what I mean. And we just are compatible in that way. So my talent and her talent, who, even beyond she and I, that that's necessary to get any real result. Like her, her, a dancer's talent, it doesn't, is trivial until it meets of coach's talent of equal magnitude, you know what I mean? And the same goes the other way. If you can be a brilliant coach, but if you don't find the material, you know. So it's a combination, and none of us were expecting that. So you said the word unusual. It was the most unusual year of my life, I think. I mean, <laughs> there were some stories in Russia, but, you know, it just was not an – she she thought, I think, that she was just getting a coach, you know, normal standard, and that's not what happened at all. And it, it is, it's tough to talk about because it's so much happened in such a short period of time. And I do feel like I need to be um, careful a little bit. But I don't know if you can shoot a more specific question. Maybe I can answer. Um, I don't know. How about how how did you, I know, but um, do you want to share with the listeners, how did working with Misty come about? Uh, we actually got in a little disagreement on Twitter well, actually, what happened was, you know, I don't, I don't know. This was, remember her, her foite fail. There was a whole thing about it. Yeah. So someone I, on Twitter was, I felt was like unfairly maligning her about it, and so I just kind of like, well, I'll throw a little support, but it was my kind of support, so it's the truth. And so I said, basically, you know, she didn't train herself. She has coaches, and I, I my exact words were, they're careless and uninformed, you know, and she kind of sassed me a little bit she hashtagged um what was it smh and i didn't know what that meant and so i looked it up and it says you know shaking my head so that oh my God. hashtag it <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah well okay so it ha what it means is if someone does that it means that you're saying something so stupid that there aren't words to describe it so so that's how it started and i felt like well so we've mis she's misunderstood my intention here so i made the podcast which is up it's up somewhere for her and I just said look this is whatever I said I don't I don't watch my podcast I just do them and like four months later she emailed me and it was she was completely open like even for a normal person open and but she's famous and all that and so I was like well okay well if you're going to be open I'm going to be open and we just emailed for a couple months was it and then we met in California um which is where we were when she did Nutcracker last, last not this year, but the year before that. And then she had the premiere for um, the Nutcracker movie she was in. And she invited us to that. And we went there and, you know, it was a cool experience. And then we just sort of decided, okay, well, let's give it a try. And that's the short. Nice. It's, um, yeah, it just yeah. happened. I don't know, you know, weird. It, it is still a little strange to think about it, but... One one thing that you've said, which maybe a lot of people don't quite realize, is that you know dancers don't make dancers. You've said it's coaches and teachers' responsibilities to make dancers. Yeah, um, yeah I love that personally. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, one of the things I respect about what Boroshnikov has said in public a long time ago, he says, "I'm not a teacher, I'm not a choreographer." 
And he's right. You know, it's not that dancers can't be or become it. You know, whatever your aptitude is, it is. And whatever work you want to put in is fine. But the, the education for a dancer is to take in information, assimilate it, and get it on stage. A teacher is a whole different ballgame. It's a, just a different discipline in the same profession. You know, so, the, you know, I don't know if this is a good analogy, but it's, it's you know, the dancers, the, 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 the driver in the race car, and I designed and built the car, you see. So yeah. the, it, your body is like an instrument that carries your mind around, and, and the mind is the important part more so than the body. Honestly, bodies can change, no problem. You know, even what is considered difficult, the mind is what doesn't get enough attention, not even close. Yeah, definitely. I um, it's funny. I've I've heard you touch on the topic of what, and it's fascinating how many people don't know this. Is that especially in the Western world, you if you want to become a ballet teacher, you can open up a shop and slap ballet teacher on your name, and you can teach. But what I love. What I love about, and I completely, I completely am against that, <laughs> but um, yeah. very like you. But um, what I love is that you say what it is to be a teacher is to be a leader. You must voluntarily accept a great deal of responsibility, and that's the outcome, the results of you know what you teach. Period, without exception. I just think that's so powerful. Yeah, yeah, but. We also, I mean, I guess this is what I feel responsible. I, I think if you have an, or whatever, an understanding or a gift or something that you need to put it to work for other people. And so, but we can't expect people to just figure it out because it's more, it's, there's more math involved than that. Not literally, but in other words, what ballet has suffered, as you know, historically, it's just, it ebbs and flows, you know, it, it's, it's this constant starting over and it's just the, you know, it's politics, it's wars, it's everything that's happened in the last, let's say 300 years what I think more modern ballet came from 300 years. It's just been, ballet has just come and gone and, 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 you know, great strides have been made and then lost completely. And so what I really feel strongly about is recording all of this stuff so that no one has to ever start over again. Yeah. Well, I, um, is that, is that, did I answer your question or did I not? Yeah, yeah, no, I think so. Um, I, I think it's just, I, I, I like to let, people know that just because someone has a and I know that you'll agree with this just because someone has danced all around the world and in different companies and whatnot um that doesn't necessarily make them a good teacher right but I think they need to be provided with I, well we're going to find out actually who who really wants to do it because the, the the reason to make it affordable and online is it's it's a starting point. It's not the whole thing, but it's a starting point of, you know, having good information is better than not having any at all. But you can't expect people to teach well or professionally if there isn't a professional education available that's accessible for everyone, because it's very expensive, right? You're gonna get a, you know a university degree and spend eighty grand, and you know that's just not feasible for everybody. And and you know if someone has the talent, but not the money then then what you lose that talent you lose that to you they go on and do something else with their life so it has to be the the right information has to be accessible that's that's exactly what i'm here to do like with the institute that side of it so i don't know so i gotta you know we gotta be fair to everyone that you can't expect people i mean not you but you know we can't expect people (laughs) to just spontaneously understand a, a very it's a science. It's a science of all movement, really. Your hips, your how these things interact. It doesn't matter if you're, 
yeah, a footballer or a fighter or a dancer or whatever, basketball player, it doesn't matter. It's all the same. It's just moving our weight around and transitioning that weight. And we're very inefficient creatures. We, we're just clumsy and weak and inefficient. So ballet just, yeah, it's about efficiency. That kind of thing. I know that's not a romantic way to say it, but I mean, the, the bottom line is you need to be strong and coordinated and yeah. then you can do everything else after that. And, but, and so there's a real fat way to fast track this, which is what placement is. I just, you know, I have to put the program out in the world and then, you know, who wants to do it, will do it. And those are the people that will get results quickly. When, when's the program coming out? <laughs> Well, it's going to be ongoing, you see. So we're, we're starting, we'll put out these coaching videos with Misty and then, and then probably a few more and then just tracking. Uh, we're going to offer like a daily class with like adults or Sutlana, or it's really a weekly class if we're being honest. You don't need a different class every day. You need the same basic class for a week and then just add details as you go. For, or maybe two weeks, maybe a month, you focus on specific things, you know. So uh, probably a weekly class. One will be with Misha. He's 11, our son, and then with Sutlana. That'll be ongoing, you know, because, it, again, the, the idea to put out these very thick, these dense videos, just a ton of information, it's okay to kind of, I think, put one out like we put out. It's just kind of like the textbook. But what you really need is the day, the, the week by week, day to day. It, it's a better way to get information out a, a little bit at a time. So that's what's happening going forward. So I'll introduce a major topic, like the first one's going to be plie, releve plie. That, that's dancing. And then once a week or twice a week, we'll put up classes starting from scratch. This is how you build the body up. And it's just, you know, so that's kind of what we're doing. Definitely. Are you popping this? Is this going on YouTube or is it going on your website or where's it going? Yeah, it'll go on our our website. It'll be like an institute. We're calling it an institute. So it'll be kind of like basically qualification courses. So and just, but the, the qualification is based on, not you know passing some exam some random exam it's show me that you can teach tondu for example and one you know that that's it it's just it's just results based you just so well okay show me you know in other words an, a type of exam would be obviously i have to be in the studio with the people doing it but just say okay teach this particular thing show me how to how you teach that and then make adjustments and put challenges in there and have them explain and show and demonstrate that they can teach let's say these first five exercises and then okay Go for it. But it's a work in progress. Like you have to just start doing it. There's no there's no point to study for a, a three years or something and then teach. You just start using it now. So the way I'm giving it is just practical right now. Go 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 use it and send me your questions and then we'll we'll go from there. You know what I mean? So that the, the standard education doesn't make to me it doesn't make sense in value. You just have to get experience. You just have to do it. And I honestly I think parents and students would be really happy about that if if it was just if the directors of the school or owners or teachers were just open, like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to take fundamental seriously. And you know, we're all in it together and let's do it. You know? Yeah. So they'll know that you might change your mind a little bit. You'll try something that doesn't quite, you know, and then ask me, I'll help. And then you'll get it right. And then on you go, you know, it's really straightforward, surprisingly straightforward. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I'm constantly, I'm even also telling my students, my younger students all the time as well. Like, guys, I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm constantly, you know, trying to better myself. And, and it's funny as the years go by, like, you're right with practical experience and what works and what doesn't work. And even just this morning teaching my, um, uh, my seniors ballet class, not senior children, um, seniors is in their 55 years and over. Mm-hmm. And 
teaching them a waltz and I've tried to teach them a waltz in, oops, sorry, that's my email. Um, and I've been trying to teach them a waltz, just a waltz de cote, uh, numerous ways. And some click, some of the ways have clicked with half the class and some have clicked with the other half of the class. And it's just a constant learning and a constant, um, uh, progress and, and, and experimentation. And, and I, I, I've been teaching for over 10 years now and I think to myself, you know, every year I'm like, oh, I'm so much better than I was last year. And then the next year, oh, I'm so much better than I was last year. And so it's um, it's a beautiful thing being a teacher and constantly learning and evolving and growing. And um, I can't wait to get my hands on some of this. <laughs> oh, for sure. Well, yeah, you should, you, you want to do it with your own body too. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I, uh, it, it, mm-hmm. Oh, I was just going to say, um, from uh from teacher to teacher you've explained your work before as an ethical obligation and um it just really resonates with me like I can relate 100% because I like you am trying to build a ballet community that we want to be part of um did you want to just further tell the listeners what you mean by you know you feel like your work's an ethical obligation because I just love that concept well, I mean, look, if you know, you just look out at the world and there's 9,000 different thing problems that need to be solved. So I feel like I can't solve, you know, <laughs> climate science or some of the, or politics, or I can't solve those things, but I can solve this thing. And it affects millions of people. There's millions of little girls doing ballet and some boys, but it's mainly girls. And so, you know, it's, what are you going to do? Look at the world and say, nah, I mean, you, and that's why I mean that's just how I feel about it. That it's a, there are problems that they really they're a serious problem. You know, you know. I mean, and it's in the profession is way more pressure than in the in the education, but it's all kind of related. And it's it's just the the, the physical injuries is just one thing. It's it's all the re- the mental health side of it, and then ultimately just being able to produce at the end of the day whatever you're producing. Let's say you know dancers, students, whatever that you produce something of quality. That, that the public or the parents can go, yeah, that's quality. You know, they don't even have to know the details. They'll just see it and go, okay. So halting the injury is is step one. But the thing about placement is we, we solve all of them at once. It's the same solution. It's in the studio doing the work correctly and, you know, understanding how the body works. And then you solve injuries. You solve all the, the psychological, everything that goes, it comes with age especially. And then you get a better end result let's say it's something that you're going to stage. It doesn't matter. It can be local. It can be national, international, but you stage something with quality. So all those three points are all covered by just getting the, the fundamentals right. That's what I'm saying. It, it's simple. It's yeah. simple in concept, but it takes a lot of guidance to look. We talk about methods like place a method or a God of a method or what have you. It's really, you end up creating your own personal way of getting the same results that let's say I would. But you're not going to do it exactly like me. That that's not possible. You're a different person. But you begin by imitating. You begin by imitating. Okay, here's how I do it, and you just start doing. It. But you will just discover your own way. You will discover it. It's just it's just what happens if you're dealing with the truth, like good information. You know, you'll find your way. So that's what I'm, I, I. It's not just me that has the obligation. I think anybody who's who's in it who who can help solve the problem. It you know should. I would like them to get on board. You know. That's so why I'm trying to make it as easy as possible. I mean, sometimes my communication is a little bit blunt, I think, but, you know, working on it. I'm not a, you know, professional podcasting. I'm not that, you know. 
<laughs> I, um, I I like your delivery. I think it's fine. And I think you said something earlier in our conversation where you were like, maybe if I wasn't so blunt and maybe if I was a sweetheart that it wouldn't get as much attention as it does. And I, I kind of believe that. Like sometimes you do need to be a bit uh, abrupt to actually get people to listen. Do you find that? Right. Yeah, so for sure. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't intentional. I'm just myself, but myself yeah. is I've kind of run out of patience. In other words, look, because here's what happened, because we get email every day, every single day, and it's, it's a lot of it's like these horrible stories, you know, and I know what's, what's going on. And, you know, like especially when parents want a recommendation, well, there's not a school in America that I would put my kid in, not right now, not as it is. So how am I going to tell you to put your kid? See what I mean? I can't do that, so I got to do something about it as much as I can. But ultimately, reform has to happen. Uh, what I'd love to do is I'd love to um, get my hands on some of your new content and put it into practice. And I would love to, because we've covered so many surface levels of lots of topics today, I would love to get you back on and delve further after I've actually really um, experimented with your teachings. Does that sound like a plan? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah, we can send you links. I think tonight, even right? Are they up yet? Yeah, tonight or tomorrow. Well, our time. Yeah. Yeah, because I'd love so, to. Nitty, nitty gritty of the. Of yeah, the yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be great for you to experience it. I know we're. I was actually supposed to be in Australia this last November with Misty when she performed there, but yeah. it's the scheduling yeah. thing came up. Couldn't do it, but. Yeah. Well, if you're ever in Australia, we can do this in person. <laughs> yeah, that'd be way better. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's a good start anyway. I mean, just consider it a start. We'll see what, where we go. But I'll definitely send you some links and, you know, we'll communicate. Awesome. It is a great start. And the listeners, um, I think they're really going to find this, especially if they're what I like to call a ballet nerd. They like the details, the nitty gritty. Um, they're going to really yeah. enjoy this episode. You can find more of Eric's work at balletconradinstitute.uscreen.io or simply type Ballet Eric Conrad into YouTube to find lots of his work readily accessible for free online. Or simply head to the gram at Ballet Conrad. And while you're there, you can find me at The Balance Ballerina. And let me know what you think of this week's episode. Even better, take a screenshot of the podcast and share with your friends. Spreading the love helps the podcast, which really is a labor of love, keep popping up every fortnight. But for now, have a beautiful week, kick those goals, and as always, keep chasing that grit and grace.